0: hello and welcome to the pretty pixels podcast i am your host joey crundwell and this week i'm all by myself i have no one else here to talk to no one's gonna be co-hosting the show no one at all say something (laughs) say something i had a whole joke lined up then you say what are you talking about? I'm here. And then I say, Ron Kluinski, what are you doing here? No, I just wanted you to sound like an idiot. <laughs> well, you don't. I don't need help for that. I'm going to do that, that, that on my 100%
1: own. True.
0: That's 100% true. That's the norm. But no, this week I'm joined by Ron Kluwinski once again. We're going to be talking about nostalgia and Final Fantasy VII Remake and just kind of nostalgia in general around games. Um Ron, I don't know what Ron's gonna say, but he he indicated he has a little bit of a spicy take, maybe, so hot takes. I'm I'm curious. Raz will we go to Ron for the hot takes and the not setting me up for a joke. Um But before we get to that, I have been very busy this week. I know you have as well, so we didn't have a lot of time to get a bunch of news articles, which were again, I said in the beginning of the podcast that we're like not a news show. But we do look for articles or or uh, news stories that are interesting to us. Um, so The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD releases this Friday. That's not a game I'm super interested in. Are you going to get it eventually at no, all? No, probably not. Yeah, it's, um, that's one of those games that got a lot of hate from the Zelda community. And so that kind of always made me cautious. And so which, which one maybe was, if I get...
1: Which one was that one?
0: That's the one with, it's pretty linear. There's not like an open world from what I understand. I haven't played it. There's like all these flying islands that you go to. That was a Wii U one. Yes, I think so. Okay. I didn't Maybe, have a, it might I, have started on the Wii.
1: I didn't have a Wii U. So yeah. And I barely played my Wii <laughs> after played,
0: launch. Played with your,
1: hmm, no, I play that. with that
0: all the time. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I, I've, have seen some reviews trickling out now and they seem fairly positive. If not, you know, they're not glowing necessarily, but, um, pretty, pretty well received. So maybe if I get desperate down the line, but something that was announced that I think if I don't know, there was something about the video that was actually kind of exciting. I don't know if I'll get this game, but Nickelodeon all-star brawl was announced. It's a smash Brothers style fighting game. I mean, really Smash Brothers style. If you've seen the trailer, it looks almost like the Smash Brothers team. Nintendo, you know, made a Nickelodeon style game. They're really, really cribbing from Smash Brothers. But
1: I, I saw the pictures and I thought it was I thought it was Smash Brothers. Me too. I was like oh, shit. I'm like, oh, cinnamon. OK, yeah,
0: yeah. Cinnamon Toast Man or whatever his name is um, in, in in Brawl, like holy or not brawl, <laughs> in Smash. Holy shit. Um, But no, it's Nickelodeon's own fighting game. Again, very closely cribbed from Smash Brothers. And it's taking characters from a bunch of Nickelodeon shows like SpongeBob SquarePants, Ren and Stimpy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ah, Avril Monsters, Rugrats, and more. And it's coming out fall of this year. So it's pretty, pretty soon. Um, How nostalgic, speaking of nostalgia, this is actually a perfect news article for this. Did any of this like do anything for you? Were you like, oh shit, that's kind of cool? Or are you like, nah, I'm I'm, you know, not not necessarily nostalgic for this stuff? Uh
1: so as someone who didn't have cable growing up, um, you know, I've only had, you know, hit and miss uh run ins with Nickelodeon uh properties. Yeah. Uh, even at an adult age when I could, you know, get it in other ways. Um but you know, like I do I have some nostalgia for like Rocco's Modern Life, Rugrats, and looking at some of the other ones here, real Monsters, uh, Ren and Stimpy, Doug.
0: Is Doug on there? Yeah, yeah I can see, ask, I could see they... Roger on there. Oh, yeah. Um, and see, that's one of my complaints, though, is that they seem to be taking characters that would be fighters. And I'm like, no. Part of the charm of Smash Brothers is that they're taking people who aren't necessarily fighters You know what I mean? Like, some of them are fighters, sure, but um, Ness, like, okay, sure, he does combat in Earthbound, but you wouldn't necessarily imagine him fighting Cloud. So I'm like, I kind of want them to do, and maybe they will through expansions and DLC like Smash Brothers does, but I was a little bit sad to see that they're like, they looked at these properties and they said, "Who's the who are the like the muscular ones or who are the like the the scrappers?" Like, no, like that's not who's interesting. Oh, but... actually,
1: so I I am wrong. Uh, I was looking at a tweet that someone tweeted where in 2019, the official Nickelodeon Animation Twitter account released a p- parody art of the Smash Brothers Ultimate that does not. Mean... Oh, so I'm like, yeah, that looks a lot like they're they're dressed up as like Smash Brothers characters. That's weird. So let me actually find a real roster here while you're, um continue talking here
0: yeah yeah i so i still think it's gonna uh, maybe it's not gonna look as smash brothers z as that official or that artwork that mock artwork but i do still think like the camera angles the level design all that stuff so all the levels just like smash are taken straight from these worlds all of that was very reminiscent the way that they were fighting trying to knock each other off the edge all that stuff yeah really it
1: seemed like they had like you know like the multi-platform levels and stuff like that it, it like i've one of the levels looked like, um, fucking what's it called? The, uh, not Peach's castle, but the, the one other, is it the Hyrule castle where it's got like the, no, not the Hyrule. Castle. Yeah. Is it where, yeah, where it's got so. like the little underground? Like little cave yeah. yeah. One of the levels like looked like that. And I, that's why I thought it was originally,
0: uh, Spanish brothers when I first yeah, saw it. Yeah. And that's a popular level. So if you're going to steal one, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I grew up, I did grow up with Cable, so I guess we do have these um, helpfully opposing views because I grew up with Ren and Stimpy, a Real Monsters, Doug, Rugrats, all those shows, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That wasn't Nickelodeon at first, so that's interesting that, I think because they were involved with the, the reboot. Um, but a lot of these shows are nostalgic for me. Certain, some of them are not. I was a little too old for Spongebob. And some of the other ones um, that I I noticed on the list. But I am very interested. Nickelodeon games in the past have been, I think, mostly missed. But uh, if they're following the Smash formula closely enough, I don't know that it'll it'll be as well balanced and detailed and nuanced as the Smash game. But, like, I don't know. It seems kind of fun. I'm definitely intrigued by it. I would at least play it.
1: I think. Yeah.
0: So I would like like, for a boys club or something. Yeah.
1: I would definitely give it a try. So Invader Zim's in there. I'm watching the trailer here right now. Any phantom Leonardo. It'd be funny if they only had like one Ninja Turtle.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's not even, not even one of the Ninja Turtles. I see, but that's that wouldn't surprise me if they were like Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles. And you're like, that's cool. But, What about Michelangelo? No, I don't think
1: think they're going to... I don't think they would just do Casey Jones. I think they would do... I think it would be like skin swaps for the other Turtles probably. I doubt they would fill all four of them up with, you know, taking... Well, I don't know. They they haven't said how many are on the roster. So if it's only like, you know, 20 characters or something like that, then...
0: But that... But leading... But talking about like expansions and DLC, that would be cool. Like in Shredder... And, you know, Patty Mayonnaise, get her in there, kick an ass with her cuteness or something. I don't know. (laughs) But that but that's the thing is that's what makes the Smash Brothers team so good is they find like Princess Peach. You wouldn't expect her to to find her in a fighting game, but they find a way to make her effective and like fun to play. So I'm probably going to hold out. I'm I'm probably
1: going to hold out for the Salute Your Shorts expansion
0: oh lord or you can't do this on television have you ever seen that yes. yeah uh, oh, no, that the, was disturbing
1: the children's monty python
0: yeah i saw it when i was it was like there was like alcoholism and shit like i was like what is going i i was so young i had no idea but it made me uncomfortable i was like i don't want i don't want you to do this on television <laughs> you know maybe maybe we should leave it at you can't do this on television um maybe i would appreciate it was it, it was, was cable older. at the time you could do that on television or or Nickelodeon guts? I don't know how they would do that, like a level. Oh, I'm sure. And that, like you have to crawl through the nose. Oh yeah,
1: I'm sure that. Or or like you know they'd yeah they had the aggro crag be of a, a, yeah. a, a, a level and all that. Or would, no, not aggro crag was was that guts? Yeah, that was guts.
0: I think so. Yeah. And then
1: there was Legends of the Hidden Temple. Was that the other yeah. one?
0: Or well, remember, yeah. Or remember
1: remember Nickelodeon Arcade? They should just like I was gonna say they should just do that total meta thing of throw that in there and then that have would like amazing. King of the Monsters in the background uh playing as well
0: yeah so for for people who don't know if that's the show i'm remembering correctly it would be three contestants and there would be like various video game trivia and then at the end the winner of the trivia would go through this like virtual right am i thinking of the right yeah where
1: they'd be in front of a green screen and they have to like crawl around collect stuff (laughs) yeah no but i always wanted to do that
0: me too i always wanted to do that to the viewer it looks like they're in a video game i mean for early 90s or whatever it was like it looks like they're like hopping over things but they don't see that they're in front of a green screen there's like maybe some obstacles but they have to keep looking at a screen off camera to be like there's a block above me there's a, 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 a like a goomba like thing in front of me so to them it was probably the most ridiculous thing but on screen it looks rad and like you said I could see that being like at the sm- if they had the same level of details as Smash Brothers is like this really meta level. And
1: if you think about it now, thirty years later, you could just do that at home.
0: Yeah, we, we we could that just set the, we'll
1: set that up at boys club next week. We'll make that boys club happen. Challenge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so that is Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, something that I'm interested. In. I don't know if you have much interest in this I, next door, of course. But, oh yeah, this is all you. Persona. Well, I thought you were about to excited. You were gonna be like, actually, no. I
1: thought you were gonna talk more about Nickelodeon, but nope. Um, I mean, I'm just can. gonna turn my mic off for like ten minutes now while you talk. No. About-
0: uh, Persona. So, Atlas on its official Twitter account posted that the uh, they said, "quote The Persona series is celebrating its 25th anniversary this September. Stay tuned for a year of Persona news, events, and more." Uh, that year thing through me. I was like, "Oh, I I thought it meant mu- I thought they meant month or something." I was like, "Oh my, a whole month of like of announcements and everything. Oh, I'm so excited." And then it was like a year. Stay tuned for a year. No one's staying tuned for a year, bro. Like, holy shit, that's a long time. Um I expect there to be multiple announcements over the, over the course of a year, but having said that, I am excited. It's just I'm trying to temper my excitement because I don't know what this means. I don't know when it's coming. Um, there have been reports that Persona 6 is confirmed, which I feel like that's one of those news articles you see and you're like, they're really desperate for news articles that day because no fucking die. Like Atlas has said in the past that they're working on Persona 6, so I don't think we needed confirmation through job postings or whatever it was. Um, but some reports are saying that there are six projects in the works, six act, like six Persona projects. And again, I don't know what that means. There are rumors of a Persona 5 fighting game because there was one for persona 4 i think that would be pretty cool there's
1: probably a dancing game
0: well i don't, I don't think so unless yeah. unless they do a crossover dancing game because they've had a dancing game for 3 4 and 5 already oh so the dancing games are out there maybe a strategy game maybe a remake that's what i'm looking for i, I want a persona 3 remake or remaster well that's i think my number i, I
1: could have swore i saw something about saying that they may like re-release the first two persona games
0: i would be down with that i just want them to update it to the modern style Mm -hmm. and that seems like a lot of work because i tried to play persona one and i got like a couple hours in and i was like this is not the same (laughs) it's a very different series the first two games so it's kind of there's a lot of series like that like fallout and elder scrolls and stuff like that like the first two games are very different from the modern I, I rem- games that we're I remember to.
1: seeing ads for that, like way back in the day in EGM and stuff like that. And like, it always sounded interesting. Cause it was like always like super dark in the advertisements, um, for persona for persona. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I just wasn't like super into RPGs at that time, especially like super hardcore JRPG stuff like that. Like, so I never, I never did it. I never, yeah.
0: I don't remember if I shared the story on the podcast, but you and I, like you, you, me and Gary used to go to the mall all the time when those, that was like a thing that teenagers did was like, let's go hang out at the mall. And we would go to this very specific store. It was um, software, et cetera. And they had a mix of new and used games. And one of the used games they had was Persona 2. And I was like, I, every time we went, I would go to it and pick it up. And I wanted it because like you said, it looked very mature and there was like sexual themes and violence and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, because at the time that was pretty rare. But the problem was it was used and it was thirty five dollars. And I was like, ah, that's too much money. Like it'll go down in price. I didn't at the time in my young little brain realize that JRPGs do not go down in price. JRPGs increase in value. So every time we would go, I'd go and pick it up and be like, maybe I should just buy it no, no one, no one else is buying it. They'll drop the price and they never did. And now good luck finding a fucking hard copy of persona Two because it's ridiculously expensive. But, um, but I felt the same way. I was like, it seems very dark. And it is like, I don't, I, I know that you're not big into like JRPGs, but persona three, the way, so it's about, it's a, it's a, a JRPG where you play a group of high schoolers. All of the games are like that. Um, the you know, three forward and you summon these things called personas to fight for you or to fight with you. And the way that you summon them in persona three is you hold up a gun to your head in the virtual mm-hmm. world and you blow your brains out yeah. every single time. Every, every time you summon your persona, you commit suicide. I think, I think the and first
1: two games are like that too, sorta. Cause I remember that, that was, that was what I remember in the advertisements, like talking about suicide in the advertisements, which again was also, weird and that's what always intrigued me about it
0: yeah yeah there's always a, a level of violence like in persona 5 even you don't kill yourself but you tear off this mask like off your face and the first time you do it it's like tearing off a part of your face and there's like blood um and so you're invoking some kind of like violence against yourself to to summon these things so there is and there's tons of darkness one of my favorite enemies and i think i've sent you many pictures of it on snapchat um, i'm forgetting the name now off the top of my head but there's an enemy in persona 5 that i call the dick chariot and it's an enemy at first but when you beat it you can use it as a persona you can, become so you his can summon the dick chariot <laughs> and it's this giant penis with cha- like a in a chariot and like tentacles and stuff it's the most terrifying ridiculous thing and i'm like how there is no other series like this like you you so you might summon Beelzebub or satan to fight alongside you and then you're like hold on dick chariot time and you summon the dick chariot like it's it is a wild series so if you titled I'm these really if you titled
1: these episodes here comes the dick chariot is here
0: comes the dick chariot beep beep <laughs> <laughs> hong honk. wait what, what would be the best uh squirt, best audio squirt, for squirt, the dick squirt. chariot squirt squirt <laughs> Throb, throb. Um, okay, this is rated M for Mature. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm really hoping for a Persona 3 remake at the very least. A remake of the first two would be fucking awesome. I would love that. Uh, an expanded version of all the other games, Persona 4 and 5. I mean, we've already gotten those. So, you know, I, I would be cautious about side games, but I really did like Strikers. Um, I really did like the dancing games, so I'll trust them. But I, would, I really want to play Persona 3 in a current currently playable accessible iteration if it looked better that would be awesome have you um, thought
1: about going to and playing any of the, the Shin Megami uh ones at all
0: i have because a lot of the personas are demons in those games mm-hmm. so they share because originally persona persona is a different series but it's on, a, originally it's it was a titled. spin-off of right. it's
1: a Shin Megami uh Tensei if i think is what it's called yeah
0: yeah, and they, they got rid of that title part of it because they were like, it's a different thing. So now Persona 5 is just Persona 5, but like Persona 3 was Shin Megami Tensei Persona 3, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, I have. I know 5 is being remade. I think that's coming out this fall. The remaster for 3 just came out. That looks really good. Um, I think I will get into, into him eventually, but it's not something that I'm in a rush to to go out and play. Because part of it is, like, what I like about Persona is the anime worlds and characters and aesthetic. And the Shin Megami Tensei games, from my understanding, are a little bit more focused on, like, dungeon crawling and Mm -hmm. combat and stuff. And not so much on a colorful cast of characters and dating and social stuff, all that. You know, that's part of what attracts me about the Persona games. So, Um, what about you? Do you have any interest in the Shin Megami Tensei games or Persona? No. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I figured. Nah, I, I mean, um, like I said, they sound like they
1: sound super interesting. It's just like, I can't, I can't dedicate myself to like an 80 hour game
0: like that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, 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 totally. Um, and I, I tell myself that sometimes too. And then I keep fucking playing them. I'm re, you know, I keep replaying them. I'm replaying them now. I want to replay Persona five next I want to re- I want to replay Dragon Quest Eleven, like I said. So, you know,
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to find this ad for the Persona games that I remember seeing, and I I can't fucking find it anywhere. I'm finding like
0: the wrong the wrong one. Yeah. So yeah. Well, while you're looking for that, we can talk about what we've been playing because you said you haven't really been playing very much, right? I, I've been You've playing
1: been... the Game of Life uh, and trying to survive that and.
0: It's rough. which color car did you pick
1: um the black one is
0: there there's not a, is no, there
1: a black one no no that's just the, the color of my car oh, so okay <laughs> um you know between taking care of cats and um like trips and like just general work and you know trying to stay awake during the day haven't had much time to play games at all
0: sadly yeah Yeah, same here. Um, I have been, I finished Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, though. Like even that, like that DLC, the Intergrade part of it with Yuffie is only five or six or seven hours long, and it took me over a week to finish because I was just slowly chipping away at it. But I did finish it. I really liked it. Um, I don't want to spoil anything too much in terms of story, but I really liked what they did with the story. Um, I don't remember the original game well enough to have much of a comment about like how much they expanded her character, but she does feel more fleshed out um, from what I do remember. And the ending, again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I do like the ending. I think it does two things. Number one, um, and maybe this is a very slight spoiler just in terms of vague direction, but like they kind of show you a little bit beyond the end of the original final fantasy seven remake story okay. so you get a little bit of like an epilogue to that story and and it does something a little bit or maybe a lot of it different than the original final fantasy seven game that i do remember um there's something kind of surprising where i'm like oh shit that i know that didn't happen in the original game so so um, um does it is
1: is it does it take place like after the events of like the seven remake where it ends or does it kind of like go like concurrently with some of the end of the uh, end end part of that game?
0: It sort of takes place right before the end of of the remake. okay so it takes place alongside so you actually do run into some of the characters. Um, You can't really do much with them. They're all busy doing their own thing, but you'll see them Mm -hmm. and you'll get a sense of like what part of the story they're at. Um, And then the very ending of Yuffie's story, because then again, after the end of Yuffie's story, there's some like epilogue type stuff. Um, The end of Yuffie's story is an event that happens right near the end of the remake story.
1: I'm curious if that, I'm I'm assuming then that that's probably going to be the canonical end of that so for the beginning yeah. of the next game i should probably play that beforehand so that's what i'm like i'm playing through right now on the, uh, the ps4 like version because it was on ps plus yeah. and um it doesn't include the uh upgrade at all so i don't get the ps5 version or the the UV stuff so i and i don't really want to buy it right now because i need to buy some other things first so i'm debating like when I want to get that. I'll probably wait until probably wait until the next one comes out. Yeah. I heard that car. I'll probably wait until the next one, uh, comes out and, uh, God damn fucking car show going down there jeez um i'll probably wait for the next- i was just gonna cut all of it out i have to make it I, I have to make this harder for you
0: <laughs> i know i'm like well shit i could have just cut it out nope. but now you're it was like, distracting on,
1: it was distracting me
0: dear, and now you're dear distracting listener. you're distracting
1: me even more so now we're making even bigger point about it and it's gonna be even and harder to cut out.
0: out i'm just cutting everything of mine out It's just gonna be you but so <laughs> so you do feel like you have to play it but I,
1: yeah i'm probably gonna wait until the next episode of whatever they're calling it the next version or the next part of it to come out and i'll probably get it before then i mean they'll probably have some sort of bundle where you get that and like the next one for you know a discounted price i'll probably wait for that honestly Uh, but i'll still play through this one at least and just try to steer clear of spoilers which i've been doing pretty good on because i don't go on the internet a lot anymore and read that stuff so
0: I will keep an eye out if I see it as part of one of the sales or maybe for Black Friday if I see it I'll, I'll let you know All right. um, I, I can definitely see that I've seen most people talking very highly about the DLC and talking about how it's like worth the money kind of thing because it's it's short but is very packed in, in terms of but
1: I need the um, PS5 version to get the DLC right?
0: I think so so yeah, yeah so, I'd, I'd have to
1: buy the base game and then the DLC on top of that so yeah. that's like Probably a $70, $80 drop right there. Piece so, of DLC, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but I, I liked it. Uh, the other thing I've been playing is Doki Doki Literature Club Plus. So I finally got around to starting that. I was very excited. Um, I'm working my way through it. So it's going to be a while before I like completely finish it. But I've gotten to sort of um, a an end point, I guess I, I want to say. I am going to talk a little bit of spoilers. We brought this this game up on the podcast before, I think a couple of times, and, and we were, Tab and I were both like, we don't want to spoil things. This is a game that, you know, you absolutely benefit from going in completely blind um, because part of the gimmick is twisting your expectations and stuff like that. Um, however, I'm like, I keep, every time it comes up, I want to talk about it. And I'm like, at some point, we have to be able to talk about it. And so... I want to talk a little bit about it. I'm not going to talk through story points, so I'm not going to spoil specific story points. But again, if you haven't played it and you have any interest in playing it, which of course comes highly recommended from both tab and I, um, then go ahead and look at the show notes and you'll see timestamps go to the next timestamp. Cause I, I want to talk about something very specific about the themes of the game. Okay, I'm going um, to end
1: this call and separate recording. I was going to no.
0: say, are you going to, you can mute. Uh, no,
1: I'll I'll probably, I'll probably just,
0: I'll I'll, I'll still play it. Like it's not going to bother okay. me that
1: much. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, like I said, I won't spoil specific things. I do think that even for you, like it's going to spoil certain aspects of it that would be surprising. But But yeah, so listeners, please, if you have any interest, I'm about to start talking about it. So go ahead and check the timestamp and skip ahead. So the thing I want to talk about is one of the things that I remembered when I first played it is the game's depiction of mental health issues, because I went into the game not really knowing very much about it. I knew that it was not what it appeared. That's about all I had that had been spoiled for me, um, but it was free and it looks like this very cutesy kind of anime um, dating sim. And I was like, OK, cool. Or like visual novel. And I was like, yeah, okay. so even if it is what it appears, I'm interested. I'll check it out. Um, But they get into some really dark. Issues, Uh, they get into some really dark themes around mental health, and on the one hand, it's it's done for shock value, but not necessarily in the way that um, a game like, uh, oh, what's the game about that, that it's like a dungeon crawler. Nah, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't do it in the in the way where it's just doing gore or, or shock for shock's sake. But there is some actual nuance to the way it deals with things like depression that I really appreciate because you don't get that in games. Um, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not a, a therapist or a psychiatrist or anything like that. So I'm not going to sit here and try to speak with any level of like authority, but the way that it, it showcases depression is in far more of a realistic way than what I see in a lot of other media. In a lot of other media, depression is akin to sadness. So if a character is depressed, it just means that they're sad. And that, in some ways, contributes to the way that we treat depression in real life, where we equate those two things. Where if someone's sad, we're like, oh, I'm, I'm so depressed, or they're so depressed. But the reality of it is that depression is a very different thing, and it's sometimes longstanding and and very complicated and it's not something that you can just get over or cheer up or you know, treat yourself or take a self care day. And then you're, you're just cured. And there's a a scenario in the game. Like I said, I don't want to be too specific where this character is depressed, suffering from depression and they explicitly state it. And they say they've struggled with it for their entire lives. And your character sort of flubs their response to it. But I like that because it shows how hard it is as a friend in real life to deal with another friend that has depression. When your friend has depression, you want to help them. But the problem is most of us don't know how to deal with that, especially high schoolers. This game is about high schoolers. When I thought back as I encountered that scenario in the game to like when I was in high school and I would have a friend share some dark, depressing part of their life or some issue that they had and how... I probably responded very poorly because I was a dumb teenager. I didn't know how to deal with that stuff. So in the game, it mirrors that in a way like your character wants to help and wants to be helpful, but they don't know how to do it. And so they sort of mishandle it a little bit, but you don't really blame them. You don't have much of a choice as the player. Um, But it, it, again, I don't want to spoil the storyline, but um, it unfolds in a very potentially realistic way. And I really like the way that the game does that, and it doesn't just do that with depression. It does that with a couple of other mental health issues, Um, but I think that's one of the things that makes the game so interesting is it does interesting things with themes like mental health. Um, Again, I don't know if it's perfect. I'm not going to sit here and claim that it's perfect in its representation of these mental health issues, but it is more realistic and more nuanced than, than many of the games and media that I've you know, participated in. So I really appreciate that. Um, so now I'm going to shut up about what I've been playing. Um, hopefully I didn't ruin anything too much for you with, with Doki Doki literature. Nope. Club, I just but deleted it. You just deleted the whole yep. thing. The I, whole, I deleted
1: it. I deleted it off steam steam too. Like it's you, you, you can't get it on steam anymore. Like I deleted, I went, I hacked steam and deleted, you it. So deleted no, your account. Well, I also deleted steam so no one can ever play it ever.
0: You flagged your own account for harassment, and they so that they ban you, so you can never sign up again. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's get into our main course then: nostalgia through partially discussion of Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, the reason I specifically wanted you on is because when we first became friends, which was probably around two thousand ish,
1: right? Ninety-nine, two thousand, somewhere on there.
0: Yeah. You, one of our things that we connected on was video games. Like we met, and it was like you were Gary's friend. Gary is a, a friend of ours. um who you grew up with. Loose loose yeah. terms. Loose. Yeah, yeah he's not going to listen to this. Fuck that guy. I'm just kidding. He probably is going to listen to this. Hey, Gary, I love you. Fuck you. Can't wait to see you next week. Um, but Gary was so. I moved to the suburbs. I used to live in the city. I moved to the suburbs. I went. I started going to high school. Gary was one of my first high school friends. Uh, and you lived down the block from him. You grew up with him. So he introduced me to you eventually. And for Gary and I, I think one of our main points of of connection was music. And then with you, it was music, but it was also video games. And that was something that Gary didn't do as much of. So you and I, I think, had a different like connection about video games. And at the time, you were really into Final Fantasy VII, right? Yeah, I and would
1: not say it was around that time yet.
0: I, that was shortly after I had played it, but like I remember you talking about it, and we would talk about things that we liked about it. I remember you had a friend named Chad John, John Chadley, um, <laughs> Chadathan, and you were like, He plays the theme on the piano, and all these, and you loved the soundtrack. And so, I when I was playing through the remake. I was having all these like nostalgic feelings. And I thought about like, well, what if Ron played through it? Like, would he have the same sort of response? So I want to start there. Like, tell me about how you felt about Final Fantasy 7 at the time. Tell me some of your memories and then walk me through. Like when you started playing the remake, what were your feelings? Did anything click or was it just sort of like, oh, this is that thing? Like, what w- what was your transition from? I played this game 20 years ago and loved it um haven't played it or thought about it or in, engaged in much of the media the associated media like the movies and stuff although we did see final fantasy spirits within we tried to see it in theaters. no but that's a different I, story
1: I, I didn't i never saw it
0: you know no i know oh. but remember we got tickets did we get tickets for free yeah we got free tickets from something and we went down there and there were there was like a line around the block and they were like sorry we're not honoring these tickets because too many people showed up oh jeez, i don't
1: i don't even remember that
0: uh, it was so disappointing because it was downtown Chicago. Like it was a big deal. It was hard for us in the suburbs to go downtown. Yeah. Um, At the time so we went downtown, yeah, uh, and it was it was so disappointing because we were so excited. We we're like, "Wow, free tickets, so cool!" Um, but yeah, walk me through that process. So, like, what was your first experience with the game? Like, how did you play it? Why did you love it? That kind
1: so of thing. I like, mm, I you know I was a like. Nintendo fanboy for, you know, Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo era and all that stuff. And I tried to get a 64 and couldn't get one. And I knew a friend that had a PlayStation. So I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll give this, I'll give this thing a shot. Also my level seem a little, less so I'm going to turn up here. Um, I'm like, you know, I didn't, get, I had money for um, the 64 and I couldn't get one. So I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to get a PlayStation because it's cheaper. I can get a game with it, you know, and Like, or get a couple games with it, and it seems like it's fun. So then I quickly became a Sony fanboy because it was, you know, pretty awesome system. Um, But then I remember, like, back in the day, Super Nintendo, like, playing with friends, like, you know, watching them play, like, Final Fantasy 3 and stuff like that. And, like, really liking it at the time. And then when they said, you know, Final Fantasy seven is coming out and it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive sort of thing. I'm like, oh, sweet. And it's in 3D. And, it you know, at the time, like fantastical graphics that they'll never, ever be able to do better than that. <laughs> um, so I was like, get, I was, you know, I was on the hype train for that. Um, so. I got it. I played it and, you know, I was, I, I beat the game. A couple times and I got gold chocobos. And... Is it chocobo or is it chocobo? What is it? I always tell them chocobo. I, I usually
0: hear chocobo. chocobo. Mostly.
1: I always had, I always Americanize it with the chocobo, 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 uh, maco reactor. <laughs> yeah. Um, God damn it. so you know, I the only thing I couldn't do is I couldn't beat the uh, the weapons because mm. fuck those things.
0: So fucking you, hard. Even
1: with Game Shark, I could never like it it, it just would not fucking let me beat him for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know if it just broke the game with that. Um but yeah, I remember playing it. I remember really enjoying it. And then as time went on, I started like kind of like going back and like playing it like here and there, and I'm like, eh, like parts of this, like, you know, as like games kind of went on too, I started going back to it and being like yeah, it's good, but it's not great. And I started getting into the like it's kind of overrated. Like I think it, I think it was because of the exclusivity and like, you know, breaking away from Nintendo and like first 3D version of a, you know, a true 3D version of a, you know, a, uh Final Fantasy game. You know, like that definitely like helped blow it up, but I the story like going back and looking at it like wasn't that great. It was kind of, you know, it. you could see where parts of it were going, like, at the time sort of thing. If you, well, looking back on it, like, you could start to see, like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like that was, you, you knew that was going to happen sort of thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I started, like, kind of, like, falling out of love with it because of that. And, um, so i lost my train of thought, um...
0: I, I probably didn't help that very much because then when I came when, when I moved there I remember that was one of the things that I sort of felt bad because you liked it a lot and I was like oh, it's overrated it's so everyone loves it but oh, so it's, not it's the your best. fault oh okay it it might be because no I, it
1: was it was just like you know general internet at the time too it was like you know I yeah. started like realizing about other games and like you know I had a friend who was playing Final Fantasy VIII at the time too. And I'm like, this, this seems like a much better story and like characters seem like a little more developed and they also like look better too, you know, sort of thing. So like it was, it was sort of that, like, you know, like, Oh, you know, the game was okay. Like sort of thing. And now looking back on it, it's like, you know, well, especially like playing the remake, uh, like, you know, you realize like cloud's just this, you know, emo edgelord asshole and like, I, I do one so one of the things in the remake that I like is that they sort of address that. Yeah. And they kind of call him out on being a fucking douche. Yeah. Regularly. And they, they,
0: they they like tease him about it. Yeah. And like that 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 was like a
1: uh like I'm like, okay, I think I can probably enjoy this remake. Um yeah. because they're they I think they also realize that like, yeah, we probably tried too hard with this or you know at the time sort of thing um
0: and it's it's i think it comes across too in a lot of like the facial expressions and like these really minor things and like how do you get that across in these fat little chibi characters mm -hmm. you know they don't have very much range of expression so yeah there was a lot of silliness where cloud seems like a tryhard. he seems like this silly wannabe hardcore soldier and everyone around him is like oh okay yeah, yeah. like Tifa or good, jesse good will say
1: Tifa jesse will say something and you just see his like his face like huh like, like yeah totally catching like and you could see the facial expression of like oh shit they just they realized i'm an idiot you yeah. know sort of thing so i think
0: Aerith. Ar- that's one of the best roles that she plays in this new one is she's constantly a good foil for him because she's so the opposite of him she's mm-hmm. very carefree and take things as they come and um you know let's just try our best kind of thing and and cloud is so stern and serious but i want to talk about the thing that you were talking about with the art style because that was one of the things that i remember and one of the reasons that i was kind of cynical about it when it came out which my experience is similar to yours i did like it a lot uh i had i was also a nintendo fanboy had an n64 i loved the final fantasy well, I was going to say games, but Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 was the only one that I had played. But I loved that game a lot, so I was really excited for the next one. Um, and then I got a PlayStation. I got a PlayStation, I think, after Final Fantasy 7 came out. But when Final Fantasy 7 came out, it was this huge deal. And it was one of the, like the breakthrough JRPGs. Because before that, they were having a hard time breaching the Western market. But the PlayStation was billing itself as this like multimedia pla- this multimedia console it's not for kids it's sophisticated it's mature uh, like these games that come along with it and so the trailers the early trailers for Final Fantasy 7 just showed the pre-rendered CG stuff and it was like look at this sweeping city Midgar look how realistic it looks and it looked like a PC game it was like so detailed it and like, like realistic Mist. looking oh shut the hell up Let's have a whole episode about how much Mist sucks. I'm just kidding. I I'm sure <laughs> that's a hot take. Lots of people like Mist, um, but it did it did in a way look like Mist. There was a lot of pre rendered like realism, and the problem was they didn't show the characters in this trailers. <laughs> or if they did, it was like they showed the pre rendered CG, you know, trailer or the the scenes, mm-hmm. the CG scenes, the cutscenes. Um, and so Cloud looked a little bit more like he looks in the remake in the sense that he was more realistically proportioned and stuff he had what you could call fingers and then I played the game I played the demo first and like they do the sweeping shot of like Midgar and the music the soundtrack even for the original was amazing mm-hmm. and it like does this like sweep down zoom into the train pulling into the station again very cool camera work and all that and then your characters get off the train and they're like burp, 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 these little chubby, blocky, colorful, like, blocky. And they're like
1: so much more colorful than the backgrounds. They just pop yeah. out way more. Like yeah. no shading on them whatsoever.
0: Um, and I understand retroactively that a lot of that was probably constraints of the system. But it didn't, it really bothered the shit out of me at the time. I was like, this looks so dumb. I'm in this very realistic, cool, dark, gritty looking world, and I'm like plodding along, like, Ah, here we go, I'm cloud. It reminds me of, like, right now there's this TikTok trend where the the video will start by showing something cool, and it'll have this sound, this music that's like, eh, I don't even know the words, but it's like, baby, she's a hoo, and it's like, sounds very, like, cool and badass, and then it'll cut immediately to this something really silly and the music is like silly it's like mm-hmm. and so the one i remember is like it'll show a cat it'll be like what my cat thinks it looks like and it'll show all these like still shots of like a panther on a mountain and like a lion chasing down a gazelle and then it cuts to like a cat looking really dumb and silly and like getting its head caught in a box or something yeah um, that's what this game reminds me of is like you look at it and you're like, oh, cool, badass, adult, sophisticated. And then it's like you're playing with Lego characters like, like Playmobil. Right. It's so silly. And that was a big reason why it took me a while to get into the game. But like you said, I had the same experience. I loved the game. I beat it i got the gold chocobo as well i think i beat like one or maybe two of the weapons but some of them were just fucking impossible well, they, they had the felt. they had
1: the one weapon that you like had to beat to progress the story yeah. then there was the ruby and emerald uh i think the ruby was the underwater one we had the 20 minute time limit that was so hard and the yeah. emerald one was the one flying around and like even or no that yeah no or was the emerald one of the desert i can't remember you have to beat one of them to progress the storyline. Uh, but then the other two were completely optional and you don't even like get like great stuff for beating them either. It's like just to say that you beat them pretty much. Yeah. But um, you were also saying though, like, you know, that like it broke into the West. Like you got to remember they had uh Pepsi promotion as well. Uh-huh. Like it, it hit, like it had mainstream success sort of thing. Like yeah. it was breaking out of just being like a game, but like getting into like the wild where other people like, can passively see it sort of thing outside of just like people in the know of that. Cause I remember getting those little cardboard Pepsi cases and like cutting out the characters and stuff like that. Cause it was cool to have that stuff because I didn't have anything else to get because I couldn't afford any of the figures because they were imports and they were like $40 and I was, you know, seven, 16, 17 at the time. I can't remember how yeah. long that was. Let's
0: see. Uh, 20, 98 was it? Was it released in?
1: 97, I think. 97. 97. 97. So, yeah, like 15, so,
0: 16. Yeah. So that, like you said, it, it was heavily promoted. I just looked up the sales numbers because I was like, I remember it selling what seemed like an absurd amount at the time. 12.8 million units worldwide. Um, yeah. Like you said, it was a, a commercial global success and um it was one of the the biggest games on playstation at the time the weird thing was was that it was successful in the west but in japan uh sorry 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 no, i'm getting this backwards it was also successful in japan but in the west a lot of gamers like us had that complaint of like why are these characters look ridiculous they're totally weirdly proportioned so in final fantasy 8 In order to appeal to a global audience, Square said, okay, we'll make our characters more realistic. Guess what? Japanese customers or Japanese gamers were more used to chibi characters, so they were like, this is ugly. Why did you make these characters like this? So guess what? Final Fantasy IX, weird little mutant chibi characters again, which, again, I did not like. Um, But yeah, it didn't matter. In the West, it was huge, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, so that I think that covers how we felt about it at the time. Um, again, I loved the music. You loved the music. I think. Right? Yeah, I still
1: I still enjoy the music. I, I you know I haven't listened to it in a while, but like you know if it, it were to come on, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, you know that's.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't quite have the hard on for Sephiroth as many people did, but uh, I liked him. He was cool. Uh, I wh- what about Aerith versus um, Tifa at the time? Were you did you have a particular character because there's this romantic love triangle where you can tell that Tifa likes Cloud in the original um but Aerith seems like the one that Cloud is more interested in mm-hmm. and so they never really resolve that well they kind of do uh and then it gets well I, I, I'm gets, like I not want to spoil what, it what Joey Aerith dies no <laughs> As one of the like, I have heard people before be like, "I don't want to spoil it," and it's like I feel like if there's any piece of gaming knowledge that you can feel pretty safe, you know, s- spoiling is that they're going to make um, her
1: live in the remake.
0: They might, they might, and I want her. I want them to, um, or they'll
1: have a. Uh, so that was always the thing: is like, why didn't they just use a phoenix down to reviver?
0: That well, that's a JRPG thing. <laughs> yeah. Is like. You can, you can have a ghost train run over you 60 times and keep reviving your members and stuff like that and then later one of them gets attacked by a wolf and they're dead and you're like what the fuck what do I what is this for what is this phoenix down for why do you give this to me um, and Yeah, so that's a very like JRPG. Or another JRPG thing is when you fight this big enemy and you spend, it'll be a long, grueling fight. You spend like 40 minutes, you use all your items, but you just beat the shit out of this this enemy. And then it goes to the cutscene and they're not panting. And they're like, (laughs) hmm, I guess you bested me. And they jump out the window or something. And it's like, what the fuck? I just used these like massive spells against you. You should be like hobbling at the very least. You should have a limp. And you're just like, I'm going to do a backflip out of the fucking stained glass window. See you later. See what you later, fuck, nerd. Man. Yeah, see you nerd. Um but yeah, who in the original who did you want who did you ship Cloud with as the kids say?
1: Uh I think I did like the canonical thing and I think I did it did I went for Aerith just cuz it like yeah. that was like that seemed the canonical way. Uh But you know like subsequent playthroughs I did the other storylines just to just to see where they went. Sort of yeah. especially the Barrett one.
0: I don't I don't think I ever did you that. Could, one.
1: Yeah, because you could you could have Barrett go along the ride with you too.
0: There were all these rumors too that like you could get you could get Game Shark or whatever it was. I think it was Game Shark. It was Game Shark. Um and there were codes that you could unlock to to not for so the Aerith wouldn't die. And I think they were all bullshit. I think you could get one to where she would appear to be in your party. So you could sort of make believe that she hadn't died, Yeah, but that was, there were none that like,
1: it didn't put her back in the story or anything like that. Right. No, it was literally just like, it just it was a character swap pretty much. But I, don't okay, even think, so, I, think, I don't even think it was a full character swap. I think it's still like it was broken. Like it was just replacing like someone in your party right. and like they were doing that character's moves.
0: I yeah. Think. And I think even still it would crash or something yeah. if you did something. Um, so let's transition to the new one then. So having said all that, how did you feel playing the new one? Was there any tingles of nostalgia or fucking hated it warm fuzzies? (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) so like I said, I like the way that they handle cloud better in this. I'm like, I, I really enjoy the fact that they like, they don't make him, they show that he's just trying to be a hard ass. So like, I really enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I do there were there were some there were some tings of like ah oh, okay yeah i i remember this and like I, di- I didn't didn't have like quite the same reverence uh as it did then but it was it was it was nice to like see like hear the little cues like you know barrett doing the na 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 you know yeah like victory theme like him just saying it which is pretty good um i honestly i I am enjoying the combat way more than I thought I would because um, I always heard about like, you know, the, what is it? 14 that, or which one started doing this like action combat was it, like 13 or 14,
0: uh, 12, I, 12.
1: Think. I remember hearing yeah. about it. And I'm like, eh, that doesn't sound like fun, like sort of thing. Uh, you know, if I'm going to play an RPG, I kind of want it to be like, you know, like somewhat turn-based sort of thing.
0: Uh, oh yeah I, I yeah i shouldn't have said that 12 ha- did the sort of mmo thing where you can control your own characters and they kind of do their own thing or you can let them do their own thing so that was more of like the party based free form like everyone's walking around mm-hmm. type thing but i think the actual ac- action based where you're swinging your sword um i don't know actually i don't think it was 13 14's online might have been 15 i know 15 took a lot of cues from 12 but in 12, I think it was still sort of turn based, but it was you can control your party in a different, more modern way. So maybe it was 15 sorry. Yeah, maybe. Europe,
1: no, but... that's, that's fine. Um, but yeah, like I didn't know how I felt about that. Like, you know, I'm like, eh, if I, if I really want to do it, I, I want it to be this way. But uh, I actually think I like it better than just playing a straight up RPG. Um, it's a little more, I feel like I'm a little more involved in it. I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around the. Doing the attacks and stuff like that, and not just you know, mashing it out. You know, with a button mashing style. Like I keep forgetting it, it says switch characters and all that stuff. I just need to get better at that. Um, but I'm I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. Um, I'm up. I just I just did the uh, second reactor bombing and crashed through the church and just met like. Met Erith, uh. So I that's about as far as I think it's like fifteen hours in or something like that. I'm at, at right now. Yeah. Um. So I, we, what were you saying? I was like probably like two thirds the way through, somewhere around there, almost.
0: Yeah, maybe like forty yeah, percent, something or sixty percent, maybe. So, I'll probably try to knock that out over the next
1: week or so and try to get get through that and have a full full rundown on it. But I'm enjoying it more than I thought I honestly would. Um. And yeah, like you said, like seeing the characters like actually on boat and stuff like that makes it a little I'm glad they're taking some liberties with the story too like they're not just doing a straight one for one you know sort of remake of it like they're you know yeah. changing things here and there and all that like I'm enjoying that um some of the characters are a little annoying don't like I don't like wedge
0: um. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I I don't know. I like the I like Avalanche. But...
1: Some some of it's just like hokey, you know. Like it's it's a...
0: very it's very like anime. Yeah, so
1: it's just like it's a little cringy. So like that. What about turned... Jesse Raspberry? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the look you're giving me on the same... <laughs> she I love Jesse. I didn't care about her all that much. I didn't care about Avalanche that much in the original because mm-hmm. they're in it for such a short amount of time. Yeah. It's very much like we need this characters for this plot point and then that's it. Yeah. Um, but they almost this entire remake is like, not, not the entire remake, but a lot of this remake is focused around like expanding their characters. Mm-hmm. Jesse gets a whole backstory. She has such a hard um, on for cloud, such a hard on for me as cloud. Um, I, but I love, I love her, her voice actress too, though. Um, Oh god, I'm forgetting her last name. Erica. It's not Erica Harlocker. That's uh, a different Japanese anime verb. Hold on a second. Um, I do like the I fact that her um on Twitter too. uh
1: I, I, I it took me a minute to realize that uh uh what's his face? Um uh the guy that voices Bender um Simpson's uh Joe Dimaggio? That's his name, right?
0: Joe Dimaggio. That's his name. Wow.
1: I think that's his... like the baseball player? No, that's wait. Is it Jake
0: DiMaggio? No. I have no idea. I
1: need to, now I need to look this up. God damn it. Okay, right, you you, so you I, do yours first.
0: Erica Lindbeck is her name. She plays the voice of Futaba in Persona 5, and she's amazing in that role. And so I love that she does Jesse too. Um, I just love Jesse as a character. I love the backstory that they gave her. I don't want to spoil anything in terms of story um, for you, but I'm curious to see what, if anything, they do with her character in the next game. Um, because, yeah, there's so much flirting. I mean, I almost feel like they felt like they had to do something because they don't get to the point in the game, John, the original game. John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio, okay. Close enough. Yeah. Um, They don't get to that dating scene at the Golden Saucer. That they do in the original Final Fantasy VII, where you have to pick who you go on a date with. So I wonder if they were like, we have to have something for someone for Cloud to flirt with. So it was Jessie, and I was happy because I love her. Um, but did you have any, when you first started playing and like booted the game up, was there any like emotional twinge or anything like that?
1: Yeah, so that kind of brings me to the point I was making earlier about my kind of disdain for nostalgia is like, yeah. I don't.
0: You're a cold-hearted snake.
1: I am. Uh, I have a problem. It, it it actually kind of started around the time Ready Player One the book came out. Um, was kind of cramming nostalgia in for the sake of tugging at heartstrings more so than actually right. using it as like an actual point. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Like. Yeah, but that's that's like a critical reading of it. So you can point that out as like a critical flaw, but that doesn't mean it doesn't affect you, right? No, so like, it doesn't, it-
1: but it's it's it, it like knowing that like something gets shoehorned into something like that kind of pushes me away from stuff like okay. that. Okay. So it kind of it actually like turns me off of it, like stranger things like when I heard that uh, about like the nostalgia like, you know, kicks in it I was just like this has zero interest on me then if it's like if it's more so about like bringing up memories rather than like you know focusing on an actual plot sort of thing like because that's what everyone always brought up was they brought up the nostalgia they never brought up the plot itself so it's just like well why would I want to watch it if I can just go you know look on the internet for old 90s tv ads and stuff like that and get that same feeling sort of thing. You know what i mean does that make sense yeah
0: no totally but are is there any media that does tickle that for you anything that other than watching old commercials i, of like I think Vienetta? i
1: think if it's tastefully
0: <laughs> which i I
1: still can't find that anywhere
0: i can't find it either every time i go grocery shopping i look i look at the. i your look your at the, i look at
1: the store locator and it's like not in
0: your area yet i'm like all right yeah. well i guess
1: i'll keep waiting um for those of you who don't know, it's an ice cream cake that was deemed uh, at the time fancy because it was yeah. expensive and it's very small. It was really good. I remember having it in a the, couple times.
0: Same, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't as, they, in the commercials, they would cut it with like a very fancy like cake cutter and yeah. they'd, like put it in these like martini glasses. It, it, was, mi- like, oh. it was middle class fancy. Yeah. Like at the time it was called yuppie. It was like, oh, that's a yuppie thing, yeah. which is why my family was like, no, we're not going to, we're not getting it um which granted again the quality of the ice cream wasn't necessarily higher but it was good it was good and fun yeah it yeah. was
1: it was it had that little cr- chocolate crunch and the the chocolate mm-hmm. sauce in it too so i do kind of yeah. miss eating it uh anyway um usually if it's if it's if it's not like shoehorned in completely like i i get, get a feeling for it there was a show on netflix uh called everything sucks And it was, um, like a coming of age, um, comedy drama, uh, featuring like kids who like going from like, like in middle school during the nineties. And it did have, it's like, you know, shoehorn, you know, moments of like, you know, Oh, remember this sort of thing. But like some of it was done in like a better way as far as like, it didn't, it didn't seem like overtly. Like, oh, we're doing this specifically to remind you of you know the nineties. Uh and the story, like the plot was actually like interesting. Like I was more focused on that than like the nostalgia aspect of it. Uh but that show only made it one season, sadly. So
0: we'll never know how that ends.
1: Uh but it's good. You should check it out. Um
0: I think it ends with everything sucking.
1: So. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because that's that was the name of the show. Um yeah. but yeah, so it it I mean it depends like really like like I was saying in in the pre-show thing like I was at a bar last night and like Ready Player 1 was on the TV and I'm watching it with closed captions occasionally and I'm just like none of that looked interesting at all. Like I'm I'm like reading the subtitles and trying I'm following along with the story and I'm like the story was just so like meh and then like you know but it had like you know the flashy like you know the the shining playing at the overlook theater and you know they like right. basically like recreate those scenes and it's just like but for what for what point other than like we're doing like you at that point you could just shoehorn anything in which i if i what i looked at the plot of the book um they it was a blade runner sequence at that point or something like that it was a, it was a different sequence it wasn't the shining so basically right. like you could put anything into that point and still have the same plot through. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's interchangeable. So like they can make that movie again in, or they can make that, they could do basically do that thing 20 years from now and shoehorn something in from this decade. And it would be, it would be the same thing. You know what I mean? Like it's not, yeah it's not integral to the plot Um, other than like to be like, Hey, you remember the DeLorean? That was cool. Sort of thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think it was Blade Runner. I thought it was a Spielberg movie, but I can't remember which oh, one. Oh, and maybe yeah,
1: because I, I remember uh, when I was looking up the the full synopsis on Wikipedia. Like Spielberg did not want to like have any of his stuff in it because he didn't want to yeah. see it, like you know self masturbatory, celebratory,
0: right. masturbatory. Either way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mutual masturbation, healthy. Um, yeah, I okay. I, I can definitely see where you're coming from and I think when it's done with too much of a wink and a nod, I feel that same way where I'm like, okay, you're cramming it down my throat, but I, I am affected by it. Like I liked, you know, for all of its problematic stuff, I liked ready Player One because it did stress so much of that nostalgic itch for me. Um, and like the, I, I thought I saw ready player one in theaters, the movie, and I was slightly disappointed by it, but like that scene was very shocking and like, oh shit, Cool. Um, so I think maybe that stuff is made for me. I, I think it's so interesting that we went these two different paths because mm-hmm. we started out at like the same place. Yeah. Um. So with the remake for me when I started it, and that's why I was curious, like when I was playing it, it was like hitting me emotionally. And I was surprised because I don't feel like one of those people that has that strong emotional attachment to the original. Um. I, I had a little bit more of an attachment to Final Fantasy VIII. Because of the characters in the story, I liked them a lot more. Um, but with 7, again, I liked it, played it, beat most of everything except for those fucking weapons. Um, and and that's, I thought, where it ended. I liked the music. I listened to it. I downloaded it to my iPod when that came out, all that stuff. Um, but I, I wouldn't have thought that I would have been emotionally moved by it. But when the remake starts and you hear the music and the reactor music in particular, I can't remember the title of the track, but um, the theme when you first arrive at the reactor and it's like that that boom, 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 Mm -hmm. I fucking teared up. And I was like, what is going on? Like, why am I getting all teary-eyed and like misty-eyed? And I feel like the swell in my chest. Uh, And that wasn't the only time, but it was the first time in the remake that it really hit me. And there were a few other times when like, mostly it was the music when certain music would cut in, I would be like, oh shit. Or like seeing Aerith's house, which I know you haven't gotten to yet, but you get to see Aerith's house um, or like certain characters like Tifa. It just hit me in a way that I was very surprised at. And I was curious if that would happen with you, but it sounds like there was none of that.
1: I I mean, it, it, it there there was, but it just, it's not to that extent. Like I, I don't think like that kind of media does it for me. Okay. like i more get like stuff like that when like specifically like listening to music like listening to certain albums or certain songs like that's where usually where i get like that like that's that that's where those emotions are tied to me so like hearing some of the music in that like oh okay, you know but it i don't know like the, the the media like the actual game aspect like i didn't i like i i'm enjoying it like i, I you know and like it i do like Get feelings of, like, you know, oh yeah, but it's just like, it doesn't hit me in that way. It doesn't give me the goosebumps, okay. the tingles, you know, the way like just certain songs do when I hear no,
0: them. No memories of John Chadley come flooding back or anything <laughs> like Ch- that. <laughs> no, I mean,
1: nah, not, nah, I mean, other than like he named his characters, Natif and Aerith, tits and jugs, in one of his playthroughs. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
0: Was Tifa named Tits and Jugs? Because... No, it was, it was it was one
1: or it was one or the other. I think it was. Erich yeah, was Tits and uh, Tifa. I forgot jugs. that you could name all of your characters. in That was in the original. that was the thing too. Is like like not being able to like rename the character. Also, um, so when I played Final Fantasy VII, I was playing on the old shitty tier, uh, CRT, and it was the kind that had like you know the mechanical knobs that I had to turn to get to the stations. And I had to play you using an RF adapter because it didn't have RCA jacks in it. Um, Actually, no, I had a VCR hooked up to it that I could um, then go RF. So I was able to plug the AV into the uh, RCA into the VCR and RF into the TV. Uh, But the TV had an issue to where if the screen was too dark, um, it would start doing a a vertical jump. So the screen would just keep Uh. going up. So what I had to do because the menu screen was uh like a, a kind of like a gradiented blue i had to make it bright pink to be <laughs> able to like go to the pause menu or that item menu and like be able to do anything because yeah. uh, it would just jump all the time so anytime it got to like a s- somewhat dark scene it would jump a little bit but uh That's wild. so when i when i started playing final Fantasy VII, I'm like I wonder if i could change the background at all and you can't because you used to be able to like go like each corner used to be able to change the color, so you could just make it yeah. any colors you want, which was yeah. pretty pretty neat at the time. Um, surprise games don't do some of that dumb stuff now, but yeah, when I saw that, I'm just like fuck this game, I'm never gonna play it. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, like that was that was that was kind of that that was probably like a nostalgia thing for me. It Was more that like that aspect of it rather than like right. seeing some of the scenes, like just like the actual. Playing of it and stuff like that, bring bring back other memories like outside of the game, sort Menu of thing. sounds things like that. Yeah, right? like I said, the like yeah. hearing Barrett do the <singing> yeah, like that it, stuff like that triggered more for me than like seeing just the opening scene or you know seeing the the the, the first boss or anything like that. Like it was it's huh. the, it was more like the little cues and stuff like that that did it for me. But even then, like yeah. I said, it wasn't it wasn't like super deep. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too much of a hard ass. I don't know.
0: No, I think, I think it is similar for me. Like, it seems like it did hit me more emotionally than it did with you. But I think that the triggers were the same. It was music. It was menu sounds. Um, It wasn't so much even memories of the game that, that was triggered. And I think that's what you're saying for you too. It was things that were surrounding the game, like, you know, getting the demo disc and being Mm -hmm. so excited for it. And then even just early PlayStation days, getting the PlayStation, getting Resident Evil, um, getting metal gear solid like it was it was just more of like a flashback to that time in my life that it was triggering um i, I would say
1: of, like speaking of like the playstation like i think playing um uh the, the the fucking game that comes with the ps5 astro's um astro's playroom astro's playroom like yeah. that did it that that gave me more nostalgia like you, yeah, like, the startup sound. Yeah, he, go, going to, like, the end of each one and hearing that, like, that stuff did it for me more than, like, that guy, like, just talking about it gives me, the, like, the little goosebumps. Like, just mm-hmm. thinking about that, the, the the PlayStation startup sound. Like, just yeah. hearing that, like, that's what, that's sort of the stuff that does it for me. Like, not having that in the game ruined it. I ruined
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I... I think that I I, I understand that this will never happen, but Sony could because Sony wants to have a unique identity for each platform. And since we're, I mean, we're talking about Sony, it could apply to Xbox or Nintendo as well. Um, but wouldn't it be fucking cool if Sony was like, here, you can start your PlayStation 5 to any of the startup sounds. You know what I mean? Like Or even just like rep-
1: representations of them. Like not even have, yeah. they don't have to be the exact same thing. They could be like reminiscent of it or something like that. Yeah, that would be, that'd be fucking sweet. Yeah, because the
0: PlayStation 1 sound in particular gives me all kinds of memories. Um, And I don't know if it was just the time in my life, but it is definitely one of those triggers. Are there any... So I'm curious about other games too then. So like, and we can come back to Final Fantasy if there's other stuff that you want to say, but like, I'm curious because it doesn't sound like it impacted you as heavily as I thought it might because of your history with it. Are there other games that you've played well after the fact that gave you a similar kind of like making you flashback to certain parts of your life. Cause I know grand theft auto you've played. That was a huge one for you in particular Mm -hmm. for me as well. Um, where we had a lot of shared memories. We played it together, flew the tank, all that stuff. Um, but then I didn't play it for a really long time, but I know you played like the remaster when it came out. Did any of that do anything or have you gone back to any of that stuff recently?
1: Um, well, for some of that, it's hard because the game, like, because I have continued on with playing the grand theft auto series and stuff like that. And they've always, you know, every time they make an improvement and improvement and improvement, uh, trying to go back and like play three where, you know, you can't swim or climb over this wall or, you know, jump out of a moving car. Um, that makes it really hard to go back and play and, um, It's, it's just not as good as you remember. Like, you know, it's got the moments of, you know, walking by the pedestrians and stuff like that, but you know, you, you go back and it's, it's true with like a lot of games you go back and you know, you realize like, Oh, there's a lot of things that like I put up with because I didn't know any better at the time. Um, and you, you just can't go home again sometimes, you know? it kinda of, yeah. it kind of ruins it in in a way like that's why I'm always excited like when I hear like you know people are modding like you know they put gta three in like the San Andreas engine, so you got like you know some better things, you know more aspects of it, but you could still play gta three and kind of play it how you remember it playing mm. rather than how it actually played um so I'm always interested in that when people like you know take the old games and put them in the modern engines because it makes it a little easier to play and a little easier to go back to cuz like when um i think it was I'm trying to remember when i got a pc where i could play it um but at the time uh someone was working on putting GTA 3 in the Vice City engine and i played that for fucking hours like it didn't even have like any of the story stuff they didn't have any like the 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 mission mappings in it it was literally just, like, you could go drive around um, uh, Liberty City and, you know, ride bikes and stuff like that and, like, use all those weapons and all that stuff. And it just played smoother and played better. Uh, and I would just, just dick around in that for, like, hours on end with Aimless and, like, that, you know, that was fun. I'm sure if I went back to it now and tried doing it, it wouldn't be as fun because I have GTA five now that allows me to do a lot more stuff. Um, right. that I wouldn't be able to do there, like, you know, swim still. Um, yeah, that it, as far as other games, like, uh, not, not really, because like a lot of it just kind of, kind of got ruined by time. Um,
0: so yeah, those early 3D games I can see. So w- what you're saying is that a lot of the outdatedness of them, like the mechanics and everything, prevents you, like, puts up a barrier to nostalgia because. Yeah maybe you would but the fact that it feels so rough makes you makes it almost impossible to feel the kind of warm tinglys because you're more just constantly annoyed like ah can't do this can't do that yeah like just getting like stuck
1: on a corner and like you know like i'm set up for this jump and then get stuck on a corner like or you know geometry and it's like oh well that just ruined that sort of thing
0: yeah and that's what worries me about i want to go back and play some playstation one games but i'm like even at the time they were hard like i've mentioned before like the dino crisis or the mm-hmm. parasite eve or something um but what about prior to that so like nes games and snes games a lot of them aged pretty well because of the fact that they're 2d or their pixel art I, or whatever I, I think
1: a lot of that stuff like it has like the forgiveness of it being very rudimentary sort of thing mm-hmm. and like you know and also too like at the time like a lot of that stuff was just more polished i guess like you know because like it had to be it had to be good sort of thing, yeah. otherwise it wouldn't get out on the system, sort of thing. So, you know, they couldn't cut corners and stuff like that and make a bad game all the time unless it was Total Recall. That game's bad. <laughs> um But no, I can go back and, like, play, you know, the Mario Brothers series, like, no problem. Like, I can just hop back into that. Or, like, you know, I've talked about before, like, Doom. Doom is a game that I go back and I'll play, like, OG Doom, like, 93 Doom uh and Doom 2. Like, I'll go back and play those on occasion and just I'll still have fun with them. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with those games, even though you can't jump or aim up and down. It's like, it's still, it's still fun to play. It's still fast and it still feels good.
0: Yeah. Um, Duke. Nu- and none of it gives you like the warm and fuzzies. You don't have the same th- kind. Of- I think
1: I would say with, it, well, it's, it's sort of the same thing. It's more, it's more the, the things surrounding the game. Like I remember like when I'm playing doom, like, I remember, like, sitting in my bedroom, like, playing with, you know, like, having the TV on in the background and music playing and, like, you know, playing Doom for hours on end and, like, all that stuff, you know. I, I remember those aspects of it, not necessarily the game itself. Um, yeah, it brings up more of the sensory um, feelings of, of of that time more so than anything.
0: So if you played Quake 3 Arena, you would think of
1: the Loud ass PlayStation 2 in your basement that we had Smothering to smother a with PlayStation a pillow,
0: 2 with the pillow. yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's
1: exactly what I would remember, yeah. Uh, or if we played Perfect Dark, uh, we had Gary being around that corner,
0: Gary or Neutron. Wait, what are they called? Right? Like oh, God. Bombs N bombs, right? Like Neutron bombs, or whatever, N-, N bombs, just throwing, just all, however all many we N- N- throw. yeah, that
1: was the only weapon, N bombs, and getting that thing to crawl just like three Gary. frames a second.
0: I forgot about Gary being around the corner. <laughs>
1: so for those of you um, who don't know um in Perfect Dark um it 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 was a golden it was a this golden eye successor um and we would always pick the Elvis character which was a a little alien and we'd always have like a color atta- a, attached to each character. I think it was just like it was just like a glowing aura, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, um, like yeah. So it would the player character. Yeah, the player now. character. So you you know like if someone was the same character you could see like oh I killed this one specifically because he gives this color. Uh Gary would always kind of pick blue as his color. And in one of the levels it didn't it didn't have this at the time because it was a 64, but um Joey it was super late at night. Joey saw a light that was re- casting onto the wall and thought Gary was legitimately around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Gary's around that corner and then Gary's sneak around, around and corner. he ended up being behind him and shot him in the back. Because
0: um, it, yeah, it was unfortunate because you could tell if you were trying to hide, you're like, I'm going to hide around this corner. I know that people are going to run around this corner. If someone was slow enough they would see your aura and they'd be like, oh yeah. Gary behind this corner. And so I saw it and I'm like, Gary thought, thinks he's being slick. Um, and so every time we would go to that level and see that that glow because of the floor light or whatever it was um i don't i don't i think gary was the only one that picked the alien wasn't he
1: no i think we i think we had all i think because it was he was the short character so if we didn't all pick him then you know he was was he was yeah he was the odd job so it's like
0: job yeah um like yeah
1: like if we played mario party like the only thing i would think about is ghost b ghost b ghost b turtle b turtle (laughs) b
0: but you would have that memory so you do have like nostalgic triggers it's just not for like oh i remember playing this game yeah it's
1: not so much the game itself it's more the sensory of what it was around that time or something that happened outside of the game specifically
0: yeah i have that with um chrono trigger because chrono trigger was a game i probably brought it up before it's my favorite game of all time when i played it originally which was back in like 95 or 96 I played it a lot. There were, I think there are 14 endings. I think I got all of them at the time. I just kept playing it. Um, And then I would revisit it like every year or so after that for like a few years. And then I got to the point where I still loved it, but I hadn't, I like didn't realize that I hadn't played it for like five or seven years or something. And I was like, oh, well, it's on iOS. Like I'll, I bought it for like really cheap on my uh, Apple, you know, my iPhone. So I'm like i'll just i'll just play it and i remember i was taking a bath and i was like have my phone so i'll just play so i load it up and i'm like oh it's kind of cool it runs on the phone and then the opening music starts and like tears start falling and it was the same thing where it's like i wasn't sad i'm not like a big crier necessarily but for some reason my body was like reacting to it and i was like why the fuck am i like getting emotional this is so weird but part of it was i think I think I'm just uh, unconscious. I couldn't help it. But the other thing is, I think like you're talking about, it's not that it made me think I remember playing this game. It was like, I remember being 15 years old. No, I wasn't. I was younger than that. Right. Yeah. I remember being 13 years old or 14 years old um, and living in this apartment in Chicago and playing this game late at night and drinking chocolate milk or whatever. Like you said, all this surrounding stuff. So I think it's, a weirdly emotional thing. Like then I can start generating memories and being like, Oh, I remember the first time I fought this boss. I remember what I thought when I got this character, but, um, it's weird. It's almost indescribable how these things can impact us. And like I said, you and I have a very similar background with final fantasy seven, mm-hmm. but we ended up having a very different nostalgic response, similar in some ways. But, um,
1: I, and I think that's why I, I have such like, not like a, a stance against like, nostalgia or anything like that but like i have such a i don't have that like same reverence, is because like it, it being nostalgic is kind of dangerous like if you look at like you know you know remember what america used to be sort of thing like you know people are nostalgic for the way things used to be and they want them to be that way again and then you start like realizing like that's probably not the best thing there's a reason you know people evolve and progress because they kind of realize that like Yeah, things were shitty back then. Maybe not for you, but for other people, sort of thing. So I think that rose tinted glasses. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, it was okay for you, but how was it for everyone else, sort of thing. And I think that's sort of why, um, I guess like, I don't know, like, you kind of got to grow up at some point, you know, like there's there's a difference between growing up and growing old um yeah and like if you just keep wanting to live in the past like you're just growing old and it just makes you more more upset about that you can't go back sort of thing and i think that's that's my that's my problem with nostalgia in general i can
0: yeah i I mean i can see that from like a personal stance but like i wouldn't apply that to everyone like i don't think that i'm not growing up i'm growing old i just think you're growing old I'm definitely you definitely I mean it. I was thinking about like these things that we're talking about the the mid nineties was almost thirty years ago. And like think about in the mid nineties, what was there? that was the fucking mid sixties. Well, that seemed that, like that was what that's ago. what
1: someone brought up not too long ago is like we are far enough away from nineteen eighty as nineteen eighty was uh from nineteen forty. Yeah so
0: it's it's just it's it's when you hear
1: so when you hear offsprings keep them separated right after uh led zeppelin's cashmere on the same station uh
0: uh, (laughs) i was just talking with someone about that about oldies about how when we were growing up oldies were 50s and 60s songs Mm -hmm. and now it's like is that still oldies or are is Ace of Bass oldies? Like what? <laughs> that,
1: and and that's why music's weird because it's like yeah. it, I like calling something oldies or classic rock is more a genre, I guess, mm-hmm. rather than like a time frame. Um yeah. But they didn't call, you know, cheap trick classic rock when it came out. That was just rock yeah. at the time. So it's like what what and they didn't call oldies oldies at the time those came out. Or they might, they might or, have, I don't know.
0: Same thing with the games. People will be like, oh, I love those retro games like Twilight Princess. And I'm like, get the fuck out of my first.
1: <laughs> see? You're just growing old. You're not growing up. Yeah. You're not getting progressive, Joey. Well, no, You're the see, least the progressive is, like, person I know. I can...
0: Oh, <laughs> you son of a bit. Ba- hey, hey. <laughs> there uh, there was that one... I see what you're doing. You're getting revenge for that podcast that you said something. And I was like, ah, oh, Blue Lives Matter or whatever. Um, I'm deleting all of this. But... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean, but like, I do think that it is an individual thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that I, like my nostalgia and the emotions that it drives means that I'm like not getting over the past. And I definitely don't have that roast tinted view, but I do see what you mean because it is dangerous. People online are always like, I wish we could go back to the days when games were this or mm-hmm. games were that. And it's like, that's the dangerous line of thinking because you don't really want to go back to those days. You're own, you're selectively remembering the positive things about those games. There were plenty of negative things, but our memory is like, I don't want to fucking remember that stuff. I only remember the good stuff and there were limitations that you're not accounting for and I I think that's why like you probably have more of a problem with like remakes and remasters than I do because I'm I'm okay with revisiting that stuff because it's like I well maybe maybe you don't. But like there are people that are like you know, oh, I don't want to remake and remaster. I played that game, and it's like, but that game—if you tried to play it now—is inaccessible. It's almost unplayable because it's so janky, and it's not. It doesn't have the benefit of all of the advances in game development that we've had. Like I was saying with like and Grant
1: going back to Grand Theft Auto Three, you can't because it's right—it's broken. Like it's or it's not yeah. broken, but it's 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 hard. It's it's you, you, yeah. you have to basically unlearn everything that you knew, sort of thing. Or that you know now. Sorry, go ahead. Continue. Yeah.
0: No, I, I was just going to say, like, there are remakes that, that do that, and there are remakes that add. So, like, going back to the original Resident Evil or Resident Evil 2 is very difficult. Um, the game doesn't look as good. It doesn't sound as good. The acting isn't as good. The uh, gameplay you you is take janky. that back. The
1: acting is perfect. Acting I mean.
0: is perfect for what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you almost became a Jill sandwich. Um, but it's so hard to play now. So, when they remade it, 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 plays like you imagined it you know like you kind of fantasize about it kind of through those rose tinted glasses um but they can add stuff and I think that's what's interesting about Final Fantasy 7 is they were like all right let's keep a lot of it the same let's keep the characters looking the same and sounding the same um let's keep the setting the same and the v- basis of the plot the same but then how do we like go beyond that? And I'm really curious to see when you get to the end, what you think about that, because they do something super interesting with that. Um, but maybe that's a good place to wrap up is just to say that like, you know, we all engage with nostalgia differently. It can be dangerous. Like you're talking about to like, look back at, at games in a um, idealistic way of saying, you know, you know, games should be like this or all the good old days, anything, um,
1: anything really like you, sh- you shouldn't and movies have and, yeah, 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 life.
0: Um Right. And, so you and, can remember them fondly and be like affected by them as I am. But as long as you kind of keep that reality in check of like,
1: yeah, yeah, there's no, there's absolutely, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with nostalgia. Like in, 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 in the grand scheme of things, it's just like what you do with that and like how you, how you, I don't, I, don't, I don't know I don't know the words I'm looking for. How you uh deal with it, I guess. Like, right. do you do you deal with it's like I like, oh yeah, that was those were fun times, or I really want those times to come back, like sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I want it to be like. Do you remember? Like, do you do you just want things to be simpler, sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Like, or do you want like, do you just want the feel, and then that's it, sort of?
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing is people confuse the tangible thing for their experience. So like we keep talking about what, what was triggering for us was, or what it was triggering for us was memories of being that age and being in that setting. Um, and even then, do we really want to go back to being 14? Probably not. We might want to re-experience the fun things about being 14. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, shit that you have to deal with as a teenager that, you know, you don't want to deal with again. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's part of it is like, you're not really remembering the game as being great. You're remembering the magical feelings surrounding your time when you were playing the game. So I think as long as pe- people keep that in mind, um, any, anything you want to add about final fantasy seven that I might've accidentally steered you around trying to.
1: No, I don't think so. Like, I, like I said, I'll, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep chugging through it. I'm but I'm going to play it. Okay. Like I'm, I'm not hating it. So, Okay. um i'm enjoying it more than i uh, more than i thought i would
0: so awesome yeah we'll definitely check back in with you you're going to come back on i think in a couple weeks two or three weeks um and really i guess i should just say it now you're going to become a regular co-host on the show Wait, what uh oh you didn't know <laughs> you're getting a paycheck baby all these ads that we're cutting in oh yeah all that all that the underwear what? and the mattresses body pillows percentage yeah, body pillows. I just got my first body pillow. I know.
1: You, you showed me it on stream there.
0: I did. I peeked the head up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was talking to it because <laughs> I was behind my futon leaving a message for someone. So Ron just sees the front of my futon. So he didn't see me. He just hears a voice he hears me talking to someone and then i i'm like oh shit what if ron's on there you so just, i peek my yeah, head over you just and i peek see your him.
1: head over and i'm like uh and i was muted I, so i couldn't talk <laughs> i forgot i was muted so i'm like trying to talk to you and i'm like oh shit i'm muted you can't even fucking hear me and then you had the body pillow peek over too
0: yeah um but yeah so you're gonna be on more so i'm gonna stop doing the thing at the end where i'm like do you want to plug anything your socials I'll, I'll link them in the the show notes yeah. Um, But thank you for joining us. Regardless, we'll see you again. You can check in about Final Fantasy 7. I don't know what we're talking about next week, actually. We're we're all kind of very busy right now, so um, we'll figure things out. But we will see you all next week. Thank you for joining me, Ron. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you. And uh, bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping by. You got to stop that. (laughs) I got to keep it. (laughs) Got to keep doing it. Nostalgia.